0: Good morning, Cheryl A here. If you're in this part of the world, you will know that uh, this morning is uh, Christmas morning. So Merry Christmas to all and Merry Christmas to those uh, that celebrate Christmas. And I know many of you don't, but most people I know just take this day out to have a family day and to reflect and to spend time with their family. And that's what I'm going to be doing today. But before I do that, I wanted just to speak with you about what's happening in Palestine. Unfortunately, Christmas is not going to be a joyous one. Uh, There are so many starving people in Gaza, particularly. Uh, Aid hasn't been able to get through. Uh, There's no fresh water. People are dying of disease. Hospitals aren't functioning. And the nightmare continues. I'm spending the day, as I said, with my family, so I have to bring something. So I had to make, I'm making the potato salads. So I've been up early doing that, and I'm also making a key lime pie. Whilst doing that, I started to listen to some podcasts, and I love to cook while I'm listening to podcasts, and I was reminded of a podcast that I recorded with Ant- Anthony Lowenstein. He has a book out called The Palestinian Laboratory, and, you know, Anthony and I Spoke. It was this year, it was back in May. And you can find that podcast on my Stories Behind the Story podcast, Better Reading. I've recorded two podcasts with Anthony, but this one is the first one that I'm referring to. And you know, in that last 15 minutes, and I remember this this morning, in that last 15 minutes of my podcast with him, which was recorded late May, I think it's out in June if you try and find it, the first week of June. I asked Anthony back then, would we see peace in the region in our lifetime? And he said, I'm just paraphrasing here, he said, Cheryl, I think what's going to happen is that there will be an incident. There will be something that triggers an ethnic cleansing. There will be something that makes Israel go into Palestine, Gaza in particular, and carpet bomb the city and destroy Gaza as we know it. And, you know, I remember at the time thinking that is so chilling and I hope he's so wrong. But you know what he also said? He said, and I have a feeling that the world is not going to do anything about it, that world leaders won't do anything about it. Now, I don't think Anthony is a fortune teller. He's a journalist. He spent a lot of time in the Middle East and he has written and researched and become a specialist in that area. And I think he knew the exact nature of the Netanyahu government. Do you know that man has almost become a dictator? He's in, been in power for so long. He's so allegedly so corrupt But I think you'll find in Israel his popularity before October the 7th was quite low. I think there was a figure that it was like 20%. Anyway, he couldn't form government. He wasn't getting the numbers. I don't know how the political system works there. But do you know to form government in his desperation for power, he formed government with several other groups all right-wing extremists, and there's one person in particular that I think is particularly despicable, and that's a guy called Itmar Ben-Gavir. Just remember that name because I think this guy's a monster, Itmar Ben-Gavir. He's actually a lawyer, far right, but he has been involved, and he, for many years, was on a watch list of terrorists. This is These are people that are making decisions for the Israeli people at the moment. So you've got the power-hungry Netanyahu, completely power-hungry, and just before this conflict as well, people taking to the streets about this far-right government and what they're trying to do in terms of change how the law works so that Netanyahu can stay in power. I mean, what does that make him? Let's use the word dictator. Anyway, a lot of these people, too, they're religiously conservative, they're conservative, and as I said, they formed government in 2020. I think his popularity since then has plummeted. Look at the chaos that he has created in that country. And I think a lot of it is coming from Itmar Ben Gavir. So that leads me to talk a little bit about Zionism and where we're at with that. I just need people to understand that Zionism. Is actually not a religion. I mean, it's often referred to that, but it is a political organisation that was established in 1987 by a guy called Theodore Herzl. So, what I'm trying to get at here is the confusion that is out there about what is happening. The IDF, and you know that that is the uh, the military terrorist group in Israel, would have us believe that they are still looking for Hamas. I mean, that has to be now the biggest load of propaganda crap you have ever heard. Because why is it that 300,000 soldiers haven't been able to find Hamas? But what breaks my heart is why haven't 300,000 soldiers been able to find the Israeli hostages? I really do suspect that Netanyahu and his government don't want them found because once the hostages are free, what reason does he have to continue to murder Palestinians? I saw this video recently of this poor Israeli mother. It was her son that was a hostage and she was out there protesting. There are a lot of people in Israel taking to the streets and calling for a ceasefire. There are a lot of people in Israel taking to the streets and calling Netanyahu and his right-wing government to stop the violence and free the hostages And this woman, she really broke my heart. Or she was out there, all she wanted was her son back. Of course she did. And a journalist said to her, you know, can you believe it? Anyway, I'm down on journalism, as you know, except for the people on the ground. And a journalist said to her, This is in Israel, but what do you think of Hamas? And do you know what her response was? I am not a politician. I am a mother. I am a mother and I just want my son back. He has zero interest in getting those Israeli hostages back. What are those 300,000 soldiers doing? What are those 300,000 terrorists doing? Anyway, that's what's happening today. I also want to talk about, there's been a conversation about a cricketer here in Australia. Asman Kawaja, and he's been in a bit of controversy because he wore a black band at one point in support of Palestinians, and he's been reprimanded by the International Cricket Council, which is the ICC. He's then gone back and uh, he's decided to get permission to to wear a a logo on his shoe. And do you know that's been rejected again by the ICC? And, you know, it reminds me, and some of you might remember this, that many years ago, it was back in 1968, American sprinters Tommy Smith, John Carlos and Peter Norman, and Peter Norman was Australian, during the ward ceremony of the 200 metre race, and it was the 1968 Olympic Games, during that ceremony, Smith and Carlos protested against racial discrimination right? They went barefoot on the podium, listened to their anthem, bowing their heads and raising a fist with a black glove. And this happened back in 1968. And look what's happening here now, that peaceful protest should be allowed in any form. We can't separate Protest politics from sport or from anything else. Now, back in 1968, these men, including the Australian, including Peter Torment, were vilified. They were banned and they were never allowed to engage in their sport again. And it took years, years of conversation, years of documentary to really start recognising what those people did and how they stood up for something they believed in. And here we are in 2023 and the cricketer, Asman Kawaja is trying to do the same thing and we are stopping it. it. It blows me away that you can't operate while a genocide is happening around you in silence you can't do that if you're a person with a heart and an iota of humanity that is incredibly difficult and i know that i can't do well it's obvious that i can't do that because i'm on this podcast and i can't keep quiet about it and i guess i'll i'll um i'll finish up around this point is you might have seen that they're now attacking Christians and Christian churches. These are the barbarians, this is the IDF, These are this is the occupier. So now they're in Lebanon as well, South Lebanon. I mean, and this is the fallacy, because if you still believe that they're trying to get Hamas, you're deluded, because what are they doing in South Lebanon? What are they doing in the West Bank? But anyway, do you remember when Notre Dame in France, I think it was uh, in 2020, When the fire broke out, every world leader, almost every world leader, rallied in support of repairing that church and getting it back to where it is today or getting it back to where it was. It was a terrible tragedy, and I agree with that. But look what's happening now Israel is getting away with actually bombing churches, bombing historical sites, bombing mosques, and the world is not up in arms. This is what I don't. The comparison to Notre Dame and the sacred places that are being decimated right in front of our eyes, and there's no, there's no stance. There's nobody standing up saying, "Oh, let's raise some money to rebuild the mosque. Let's raise some money to build the Catholic churches." Again, I mean, what are we doing? What is leadership doing to stop this? They're doing absolutely nothing. Anyway, it it breaks my heart that today in Lebanon, well, I think this happened yesterday, that they bombed a church, the Monastery of Nuns, a 600-year-old Christian landmark in Lebanon. What's the world saying about that today, Christmas Day, when Jesus' birthplace was Bethlehem? It's such a contradiction and meanwhile, 20,000 people, more than 20,000 people have been murdered, 7,000 of which are children. I hope you get to spend time with your family today. I hope you have a lovely Christmas. And you know what I think? Christmas is for children. Over the years, we've been with or without children. But at the moment, there are so many children in our family. And I just think it makes Christmas more special. So take the time out to think about the children in Gaza. Take the time out to think about the people in Palestine. Take the time out to think about the people in West Bank, in all those areas where they won't be able to celebrate anything. That's it from me. Take care and go in peace.